Welcome to Dean's List. I'm your host, Dean Kedabowski, and we are about to talk to some really interesting people. Get ready. Are you ready? I, I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, let's go. <laughs> Guess like, oh yeah, that's probably the dude's name. Or right. like, you know, they're thinking of like the actual list and all stuff like that, but no, nah, I mess with it. It's cool. No, I really like it. It was actually like, uh, that was the name of my playlist on Spotify. Really? Like, it wasn't anything specific there's no reason i was like that's a good name it was yeah. just like this is my playlist we're going with that you know that's it but no chat gpt is so funny <laughs> <laughs> and i've immediately loved it because i felt validated yeah. <laughs> like, immediately it's like you did a good thing and i was like oh great you're my new best friend that's it which is a little sad some you know i'm friends with the computer but you know <laughs> hey you know sometimes a computer could help you but you got to be careful because they'll try to overrun you and tell me about it <laughs> I'm just waiting for ChatGPT 5.0 or some shit. It's going to like just come with an override feature. It's yeah. going to kill us all. The AI is going to go crazy. It's going to go crazy. You just found out about it? Yeah, I, w- I haven't really, you know, been in that, that area yet. And uh, I was with one of my guys, and, and he was over there using it. I'm like, well, yo, what are, you, what are you doing? And then he was like, yo, you feel me? You got to get put on the chat. And I'm like, all right. Get on the chat. That's what have it. you used it for so far? I haven't. I've, I got put onto it uh, like last night when I was doing some other homework. Didn't really apply to it, so I didn't yeah. really use it. And like I said, I was studying for the other thing, so I haven't really used it yet. You know, it's there. Just haven't used it. Right. But Dude, it's a great tool. Really? It's a, No, it is honestly a great tool. Um, just for fun on the bus, I was just fucking with it because <laughs> it was just so cool. I was just messing with it, and I started looking up, like, random stuff from history class. I was like, if JFK hadn't been assassinated, would we have been a part of the Vietnam War? And mm-hmm. it was just like, it gave me a good 500-word response about that. And I was like... This is the coolest thing ever. This yeah, is the coolest dope. thing ever. The only handicap on it is that it doesn't go past 2021. So it can't give you recent news, mm. which is annoying. Um, and it'll actually just give you just false news. Really? If you look up something past 2021. I was looking up the Murdoch thing yeah. earlier, actually. And I was like, just describe the case to me in 250 words. And it went through and it was just like, he's currently standing trial he murdered his wife and then said something about him hiring someone to kill his son, which is not at all what happens in the case. So it will just make up information if it can't find stuff. So it's a little dangerous in that sense. Yeah. But so what is that like a two year thing or is like, so like for example, we go into 24, the latest is going to be 22. I think so. Okay. I think so. I don't know the reasoning behind it and I'm actually really interested (laughs) to see why. Yeah. There has to be something. It would be really helpful if it, I think they just don't have enough right now. I think, like, it's yeah. just loading it. Like, they will have newer stuff. Okay. I don't know how long it takes. That's the 5.0. That's the 5.0. <laughs> they just came out with 4.0, apparently. Okay. So now it can, like, break down pictures. It can, like, listen to audios and figure it out. It's really cool. That's it is really cool. But the day that they start doing updated news, I'm really excited for. Yeah. Because then that's when my podcast blows up because it tells me what to write. <laughs> No, that's fair. It makes everything easier, you know, and people that, and it's not even about easier. It'll also be very, like, helpful because people that are not, like, caught up on the news and people that don't look at it as much, read a newspaper, you just got to look something up and it's going to tell you it. Right. Right. And it's awesome because it's, right now, it seems like the way they're doing it is that it's not a biased source. Yeah. So it's it's literally, if you could imagine what a computer would write about a certain topic, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it's writing about. It's not, like, a columnist, like, on CNN or Fox. It's literally just... This is what happened, which is really cool. I can see that going south at some point because literally that's what AI is. It yeah. learns. It grows that's based fair. on past information. So I can see that changing. But for right now, it's really cool. You just look up. You ask for information. It gives yeah. you information, that's not fair. opinions. That's fair. And that is really nice. So 
that's kind of what happened in the murder thing I was looking up to. Mm. It was just like because it, it's such a politicized issue right now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't. I don't know. I'm, I'm like a lot. I really don't know too much about. It. I was trying to do like my little research, but the, what I was coming up on sounded crazy. How's that? I I don't know. Like just the whole fact of like what he did and like the whole family process. Oh. The, oh, the murder. Yeah, yeah, the actual murder. Yeah. There's a crazy backstory behind that. That's. that's I can actually. I'll tell you about it. I guess. Right. I'll tell. I'll give you a little glimpse. I'll give you a little glimpse. Um. So that is a crazy story. Paul Mur- not Paul Murdoch, Alex Murdoch, um, was a, a financial dude mm-hmm. uh, who pretty much was accused of fraud many, many, many times, 87 times. 87 Yeah, 87 counts of financial crimes, which is fucking ridiculous. Wow. And he, um, I guess, this is what the jury's saying, mm-hmm. killed his family to gain pity in these crimes because he tried because it didn't look like he had killed them for a long time for a long time it looked like they had been murdered and he had just come across their bodies at their house and then stuff started to come out and it was like nope he pretty at the end it was pretty clear he had done it um like different evidence like for example his son's phone was found and there was a video of him putting him at the scene of the crime 10 minutes earlier than he said he was which is when they had been killed stuff like that and there's also just a massive string of other cases before this, too. Like, there are seven or eight murders connected to the Murdoch family over the past 10 years, wow. which is ridiculous because he's just like, he lives in a small town, middle of nowhere type thing. Exactly. And this guy's got like eight murder cases on his belt. Just crazy. So that was a really interesting case. And the financial crimes, they stem from stealing money from his company to stealing a life insurance policy from his maid. Like, just a wide variety of things. Like, if you could be be the definition of a full spectrum, it's this dude. He stole from everybody. It's crazy. Um, So that was a really interesting case. And I said it was super politicized. Because, I mean, this dude's a really rich dude yeah. that's been accused of a crime that typically really rich people aren't accused of. Exactly. So it became politicized really quickly. That's why I appreciated ChatGPT. literally just gave me the facts. Because I was reading on that's all the needed. sources. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to read all the extra stuff because you're wasting your time. You know? Yeah. yeah. What have you been keeping up with recently? Uh, let's see. What have I been keeping up recently? Man, It's it, to be honest, I, I, I generally, like, don't know. Like, like, one of the things I was telling you about, like, being, like here physically and not mentally it's like i feel like i'm always in like different places so it's like being able to like find time to like really like if that's like research something or work out or something like that it's like i'm constantly worrying about like the next thing or like the next hour you know so it's like okay we're doing this right now but then what am i going to be doing at six when am i going to get dinner what am i going to do this you know mm-hmm. it's just like it's more of like this whole idea of like living on your own college life and all that stuff like that so to get back to your question what have i been keeping up with um I generally don't know, man. I uh, the next thing, the next thing, yeah, exactly. That's literally just like the next thing. Like, what am, what am I gonna do next? You know, and that's that's really what it's been like. So, like, to get back to the whole uh, civil rights trip, I feel like that moment and like for like a while, I've actually been present. You know, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like going on that trip. I've met one. I've never been to the South. You know, so we went to Atlanta and um, we flew to Atlanta and the, the whole airplane, like the flying thing. We went to don't don't. Don't don't fly America. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like literally, American is like horrible. Like it's it's horrible. It's it's terrible. I would never do it. I fly JetBlue. It was the school, so we had to go American, and it was horrible. But that's 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 just that's that's another story. But yeah, so we end up getting everybody <laughs> gets not there. see that coming. No, yeah, because it's horrible, bro. Like I'm talking about. We were supposed to leave Saturday at two and change. It ends up getting pushed to Sunday uh, at two and change because of the snow, which is understandable. No one wants to right. die, you know. 
we get Sunday mm-hmm. two and change, and then we get down to um, 2150, it's like three o'clock, and everybody's going to the airport at the same time. So we're gonna get there about like maybe 3.30, 4 o'clock, you know? Right. But everybody has different flights. Before it was supposed to be everybody's on the same flight, right? But since we moved to Sunday, everybody's on different flights. So you have people going at five twenty, people going at seven, and then three people going at nine o'clock. So if you're arriving at the airport at four o'clock and you have to wait five hours till nine o'clock, that's a lot of time. Yeah. But hey, man, you know it is what it is. So I was five twenty. Luckily, we get we get to Atlanta around eleven o'clock. So cool, we're there. Mm. Seven o'clock people come around two, three o'clock, you know. But then these nine o'clock people, these nine o'clock people were different. One of them was King, you know, King was yeah. on the nine o'clock. So that nine o'clock ends up getting pushed till 8 p.m. So imagine if you're waited five hours already and then you got to wait, you know, all this extra That's time. Crazy. So, yeah. So then they ended up coming real late. But that was this whole thing. And then their luggage got lost. It, it was it was nuts. awesome. Yeah. It awesome. Was, it was nuts, you know. But after that happened, uh, when we end up getting there, we get we get to Atlanta first. We go visit some different places and all that. And then, like, the next day, we end up busing from Atlanta all the way to Alabama. It was, like, two two and some change hours. Okay. You know, we get there. And I've never been to the South. So once we got to Atlanta, we stayed there for about five and a half, six days. You know, that's where we stayed the remainder of our trip. And we just went to different places and met different people. And I'm talking about even just going to, like, uh, Popeye's and, like, different places like that. Um the people were so welcoming. They were so caring, you know. And like I said, I've never been to the South, but it was it was a different vibe. It wasn't like this whole New York, Boston type of thing where people are just running, going to different places and, and appointments, appointments. They're just calm out there. It's like, yo, right. what happens, happens, you know. And in that moment, I was like, yo, I'm on this trip. The only way I'm getting back home is on a plane, this trash plane. I'm not trying to get back on it. I'm like, I'm not really going to do no work. Um, I don't have to really worry about food and other stuff like that. We have itineraries, planned things. So I'm like, I'm here. I can't really worry about anything else, you know? Right. So when I was forced to really be there, it felt good because I didn't really care about anything else. Like, what we did, everything we did, that hour, that second, that game, that conversation, I was there. So it was like, that's what I really messed with that trip because instead of having to make your own schedule or be on top of how much you spend on this game or this gym or this uh, piece of homework, you were able to just have fun. You were able to just use that whole day it's really hard for people to live in the moment exactly now there's so much going on exactly especially with your phone in your pocket if there's not something going on it's easy to make something go on you know what i mean like just pull up google and suddenly you're immersed in an entirely new world exactly also it's funny you mentioned that people in the south are so nice joe and i were talking about that literally this afternoon oh really dude i'm from the midwest it's so much different here yeah no 100 percent. just like I mean, the South is like it too, but the Midwest and the South, it's just everyone's so much slower and exactly. they don't care. They don't have places to be. It's exactly. So it's just like genuine. Right. Sometimes I wish it was like that. And Bo- here in Boston, that yeah. is. It's just, there's always something to do. There's always something to do. I know, I don't think I know a single person here who genuinely just has some downtime, some free time. Yeah. Um, my buddy Will is always, always moving. This dude's in, I mean, Granted, it is because he's in, like, five clubs, so that's kind of what you get, which is another thing. Kids here like to treat everything like high school. They join 15 clubs and be a part of everything. Um, But at the same time, that results in just no time to just, like, be with yourself and, like, think about what you want, what you want to do in the future. 
which I think is the main the main benefit of having that downtime with the time you're alone in your room, the time you're sitting in the library, stuff like that. No, yeah, hundred you know? percent. It's like it's like a time of reflection, you know. And it's like it's good and bad, like being in this area, Boston or whatever, because you're looking at it as like different countries almost, like countries like if you want to go to like Africa or whatever, like that don't really have the resources we have, all the opportunities we have. People move here to get these opportunities, mm. and it's like here we have so many opportunities. It's like everyone's trying to grab different things, do different things. They're so busy, you know. Right. So it's like you almost want both both like pieces of the pie but you can't really have it so it's like being here is cool but you have to have your time where you just meditate or you just rest and you really reflect you know but it's almost hard because when you meditate and reflect and rest you start like answering those those different like i said i could call it demons you're facing those demons you know right. some of the things you don't necessarily want to face and once you start facing it it helps you but it's like how do you go about facing them without avoiding them or silencing them right and that's totally amplified, like you said, by the culture in the U.S. Always going for the next thing. Always trying to shoot for what something bigger and better. Even, I mean, right now we don't have, that's not as prevalent uh, because, you know, we're students. We're just kind of making our way through the process. Yeah. But when that's done, when we're in the real world, I guess, put that in quotes, um, it's going to be like, what's the next big job I can get? What's the next, I don't know, big purchase I can make? Exactly. Who's the next person I can meet? All that stuff. And it'll become even more prevalent. Like Joe said, I guess living in the South kind of takes that away. Dude, nobody's just, nobody's going anywhere, you know? No one has anywhere like, to be. Like you're, I mean, people got places to be, but they don't mind, you know? Yeah. Okay. They, they got, they're fine with what they're doing, you know? Right. Like you go to the drive-thru and they're fine. They're fine. Live in the moment. They're fine. Wait and listen to their that music. Popeyes in the can car. take an extra second. That's fine. Nobody cares. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Everything's fine up there. That's yeah. That's not the culture we have here. Yeah. That's for sure. And also, like you said, it's like the U.S. is two different countries. Exactly. Like, it's it's totally different in different parts of the country. Yeah. So, but in Alabama, everyone just kind of took their time. That's literally it. It was literally just you know it, it was calm. Like for example, um, where we were eating at, we ate, we ate at the same place every single day. And it was like this, like, it was like almost like this, like buffet style type of thing. And, you know, like some people had mixed ideas about it, but um, it was like the people there serving us, like they were, they were just calm. They were just relaxed. Like they were working, you know, you don't know how long the hours were. You don't know how busy the day was. Well, it's a very busy place. It's a buffet type of style place right. for like big people because we were a big group, but they were just chill. They were, they were, they were calm. They were making jokes. So it's all about like, it's more of this idea of like, we're two different people, but when you have enough empathy, you could you could almost be like we're the same. You know, we're going through the same problems, and it's like however your day was. If you need more water, I got you. If you don't like water, you don't have to worry about water. If you're trying to be <laughs> diabetic or trying to, you know, they don't really care, man. It's just like do your thing, and it's like I don't know. It's like it's good to have the, this Boston lifestyle and this like I don't know this like almost ambitious selfishness and greed in you to like keep going. But it's like you just need this like love and caring side where it's just like you're relaxed and it's like whatever happens, happens. The other thing on top of that is, and part of why the culture is what it is here, is because people have come to think of doing nothing as a waste of time. Whereas, you know, I don't know how it used to be because I've only been alive for 19 years. But, <laughs> um, but in my opinion, just sitting down, doing nothing, just kind of being alone with your thoughts is not a waste of time. 100%. I think it's necessary. That's how you really comprehend things. It's kind of like in class when you learn a concept, you just kind of follow along until you can sit there and think about it and realize it actually makes sense. Exactly. That's how, like, things go in one ear, out the other until you can actually sit down and comprehend what's, what's happening. Um, 
I've been recently. My favorite thing to do is listen to Pink Noise. I don't know if you know what that is. No, what's that? It's it's like white noise, pretty much, except it's made to just calm you, really, and to focus you. So I just put on Pink Noise and just like comprehend, like whether it's schoolwork or literally just my thoughts. It is a very, very good pastime in my mind. It just literally lets me think about what I want to accomplish, where I want to go, what I want to do, and it's honestly been very helpful. It's it's helped me to realize like where I want to go with what with like I don't know the podcast as an example where I want to go with that where yeah. I want to go with different relationships in my life, um, and it's been very helpful. But in today's culture, a lot of people think of just taking your time to yourself as a waste of time, which uh, I understand that if it's like I'm playing on my phone for an hour yeah. a day, that's a waste of time in my mind. But literally just taking the time to yourself, that's not a waste of time at all. It's no, necessary. Yeah. You need it, you know, yeah. 100%. And it's actually funny, like, this whole idea we're talking about wasting time and, like, being there in the moment and all that stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to get, like, in a better habit of reading. You know, I believe reading is, uh, like, you know, important. The greatest it's, habit exactly, on the Exactly, 100%. Yep. You know, I have a lot of... I have a lot of family members or friends that are incarcerated and when you're in prison it's like you only have limited amount of resources and the knowledge you get by being in prison for so many years it's like you're not catching up with the daily news and all that stuff like that but you have these books and you can read and some of my people like behind bars they told me they're like yo you reading it's like so it's like for example we're both in college let's say for example you do a class that i'm taking now mm -hmm. you didn't bump your head you didn't messed up Instead of me bumping my head the same way you did, I'm learning from you. So that's the same way we can do in these books. Everybody's been to college before. There's multiple people that have been to BC. If we just read these books, read these resources, or read their blurbs or talk to them, we don't have to bump our heads like they did, you know? But it's, it's about the time, like taking, out, taking the time out of your day to be able to do that research. The reason I say that is because I'm, I read one of these books last semester. It was called uh, Tuesdays with Maury. Have you ever read it? No, I haven't. You ever heard about that book? No. So about your, give, give me a Google search, Joe. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a long book, you know, and that's what I'm really, like, attracted to, like, not, yeah. like, huge books because it's, like, an intimidation thing. We could talk about that after. I like to trick my mind into certain things, you know. Okay. And if I seen it wasn't that long, I seen it was kind of interested, read the little, like, the back and all stuff like that, I'll look into it. The reason why it connected to me is because this guy, Maury, he was a professor at Brandeis, and it's about him having conversations with his student about uh, every week, and it's on Tuesday. Right. He ends up getting diagnosed with cancer, and his uh, student, this student ends up being, I forgot what age, but he's well uh, done with college and all stuff like that. He ends up seeing him on the street, and he's like, that was my professor. You know, it was a very good professor he had. And he ends up kicking it with him, finds out he has cancer, and he's like, okay, well, every Tuesday I'm going to go talk to this dude. Mm -hmm. And each chapter is a different conversation they had. The reason it resonated with me so much is because, like I said, Maury had cancer. My dad was fighting cancer, too. And if you ever go through, like, that that experience of someone you genuinely care about fighting cancer, it's almost like you're just watching them, be, like, deteriorate, you know? You're just watching them go. It's one of and the worst feelings in the world. Exactly, because yeah. you can't do nothing about it, you know? But in that book, he talked so much about being there, being present, and how him having cancer, it made him realize that, Everybody looks for these big things, the next car, the next house, the more money, the best job. But when you're going through something like cancer or something, you just like take a step back and realize the people you have around you, the friends, you know, like, for example, us having this conversation, my roommate, my club, we look at these things like they're daily things. It happens every week. Like, oh, you know, I'm doing this again. But think about if you didn't have that. Think about if it just all got wiped away in one day. Mm -hmm. You would want it, even if it's the little thing, even if it's just like uh, uh, taking a break at VIP practice or just like, you know, doing all these different dances. You're like, yo, I would want it back. A lot of times you're like, man, we got to go do this again, you know, but you would want it back. So it's like taking these things for granted and actually being able to be aware of that. 
and that book taught me so many things and it's like that's one of the things right one of the my high school did something called it was pretty much a spoof on ted talks king talks and every week we'd have someone else come up and tell a story or try to teach a lesson or something like that and my favorite one was the the favorite english teacher at the school mr boaz he came in and gave a speech on understanding that you don't have to do anything you get to do everything that you do in your life so for example you don't have to wake up and go to school in the morning you get to wake up and go to a great school with great friends and learn a lot of great information from great teachers stuff like that and it was the same same exact message just trying to live in the moment and understand that yeah you're a little frustrated by having having to do all of these things but at the end of the day, if it was all gone, you'd realize I didn't have to do any of that. I got to do all of that. No one was making me go to this school and do all this. I got to learn all this stuff with all these great people, et cetera, et cetera. And that was honestly a great lesson. And I, we had a lot of cool King Talks. I think that was the only one that had any value of, <laughs> of all the King Talks we had because... He really is just trying to get into the mindset of you don't have to do anything, but you have the opportunity to here. That's it. And just understanding that like, you get to do something instead of you have to do something, you can learn to appreciate everything so much more. And you're right. Yeah. Like right now, VIP is kicking my ass. Like four days a week is a lot. I've never fucking danced before. This is like brand new to me. <laughs> I shouldn't be dancing four days a week. Yeah. But if it was gone and like in next year, we're going to lose a lot of people that I really care about. Yeah. And I'm going to want it back. So I understand right now everything sucks. <laughs> but it'll all be worth it in the end. That's it. And it's just getting that into my head is, is very important. You know. That's all it is. Yeah. Learning, learning to understand the value of, of what's going on right now. Like I said, just taking a minute and accepting the fact that like, you get to do this. You don't have to. 100%. That's a really good point. And that kind of goes into the the whole mental physical thing as well. I mean, like realizing that, like cleaning things up in your head will make you feel better in your throughout your whole body. What were we talking about that one time? It was a couple of weeks ago now, talking about how your mental health has such a big impact on your physical health. Oh yeah, so it's like basically like I don't know how to explain it. So yeah, it was like a really long conversation. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. sum this up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you remember? What do you remember from it? So I could try to like. So what I was, I think it stemmed from that, that pod class. Actually, mm -hmm. I had said something about, they, they were like, explain how you're feeling. And I was just like, I'm so mentally exhausted. Yeah. Like physically I'm fine. I should be fine, but yeah. I'm just so mentally exhausted. And that's taken yeah. a big toll on me. And I think I, I explained my reason being, and I told you this, I don't do well with routine. Mm -hmm. uh, I just always kind of want to be trying something new or switching things up yeah and um the result was like in my head the monotony is just driving me crazy and that had really taken a physical toll on me like i was exhausted all the time exactly so i mean i've been like working on that a lot recently like even just with these podcast episodes yeah it's hard it's tiring talking for an hour but it's just in my mind the greatest thing on the planet it's like it's like euphoria for me um, and that's kind of, that's part of why I do it. That's the main reason I do it just because it breaks my schedule and it, it just gives me the chance to talk to people and just have a conversation. Just, oh, yeah. you know, like we talk to people every day, but we don't have conversations very often. Exactly. So. No, yeah, that's, that's definitely big. No, yeah. To go back to that. Yeah. Like how you said, like, 
being like doing so much and like stressing your mental out where it starts affecting your physical you know that's like a main part on why like i try to like work out as much you know everybody has their different reasons on why they work out me it's more of like a i know i'm going through so much in my mental and the reason i say that is because i that's why i like go back to this idea of like demons i call them demons because they're these ideas thoughts and and and, and just things that i'm silencing i'm not facing them you know and i and i try not to face them and is it good no um i mean no is, is it bad yes is it good no it's not good but it's just helping me move on it's helping me be able to get to the next day and the way i silence them is by doing things like working out so for example every time like i look in the mirror and i see like my body changing in a positive way mm -hmm. i'm like okay shoot i could be in the worst state of mind right now i could have failed the quiz i could do all this but at least i look good you know that's that's what i, I like that that's what i think you know and it's like it's it's crazy man it's very it's very bad man but it's just like i look in the mirror and i'm like man i'm doing bad i'm doing real <laughs> bad man but at least i look good because if i didn't look good because like so like so for example when i start like eating bad and i start seeing my stomach start coming back i'm not really pushing the weight i want to push mm -hmm. i'm like okay i'm already doing bad mentally if I start doing bad physically, then I'm bad all around. How do I get back from this? So I try to at least have one doing good, you know? But yeah, that whole idea of you being mentally exhausted, it's like once you get mentally exhausted, man, you're just not there. You're not present with people. You're not present in the things you're doing. You just keep going to these things and you're just giving people like about 25% of yourself because you still can't find the other 25%. I mean, the other 75%. Right. You know? So it's, yeah. It's hard. For a second, I thought your math was fucked up, too. No, 100%. No, you're just, like, depressed. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it gets like that. Man. I'm just like, yo, numbers and 25, 25 50, 75. <laughs> yeah, man. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, but if you think about it like that, if you think about it as, yeah, I'm in a bad place right now. My mind's fucked up, but I look good. If you think about that as a, it's not a good thing that I'm using it as an excuse, kind of like, I look good, that makes up for everything else, then nothing will matter. You know, you can't look at it as a, this is just an excuse for me. Yeah. You can't look at it like that. You have to look at it as like, this is one of the important pieces and I've, I've fixed it. Like, I like how I look right now. Now I just need to work on the mental aspect. I need to work on the emotional aspect. Yeah. You can't look at it as, oh, this is me ignoring the other stuff so I can like be happy. Yeah. You know, you have to look at them all as equal pieces. No, I feel that. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's more of like a trying to like divide like your assignments into smaller pieces you know and it's like let's say you're trying to work on your men mental and your physical but you're trying to you're trying to understand how do you do that someone asks you okay it's time to work on your mental and physical you're like okay what's the first step so instead of like maybe starting off by step one you're like okay let's uh maybe do all my homework so that could like get off my mental mm -hmm. you're like you know what? i'm just gonna go for, i'm gonna go to the end or i'm gonna go in the middle i'm just gonna work out you know right. and then it's like okay my body looks good that's a check that's off the list now we got to get to homework somehow so it's like as long as you, you could take something off your list man then you're at least doing something and that's another thing i want to get into it's like people People try to take big win big wins, but they don't necessarily glorify the small wins. <clears throat> and what I mean by small wins is like you woke up today. That's that's a if you, you don't have to justify a small or big, that's a win. You woke up today, that's a win. You made your bed, that's a win. You ate, that's a win. You went to class, that's a win. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people they're either not going to class, uh, making your bed and cleaning your room, that's a big thing. Like I love talking about that because a lot of people don't really stress what making your bed means. And what it means to me is that you, same thing, you could have the worst day possible. Let's say, for example, you just, worst day, but when you get back home, if your bed's made, at least you're coming back to a clean home. At least you're coming back to your bed made. But if it's messy, then it's just gonna add on to that pile, you know? Right. So you at least, like, it's this idea of if you're doing bad, 
don't keep making a, a bad situation worse. Try to at least put some type of light on it, you know? Right. No, you're 100% right. I read in a book um, about how if you're going to do something, you might as well do it big because it requires the same amount of effort, effort regardless. And the example, it, it was written by Stephen Schwartzman. I don't know if you know him. No. Uh, he's a big, one of the biggest finance dudes in the world. He runs one of the biggest private equity firms on the planet. And his whole thing was he was starting his own private equity fund. And for that, you need to raise raise money from outside investors yeah. and get individuals to donate money to the thing. Um, and his partner was saying, let's raise $100 million. And he was saying, no, let's raise a billion dollars. Let's, let's raise the biggest private equity fund in history. And his partner was like, that's totally unreasonable. Why would we do that? And he was like, because think about it. It's going to take the same amount of effort to get a yeah. billion dollars as $100 million. We might as well go for it. Even if we fall short, it'll be a win. Exactly. So in a sense, I understand that mindset. I completely get it um, because for something like raising money in that sense, it kind of gets monotonous at some point. You're yeah. like, uh, we raised a million dollars. Let's go and do it again for the next 20 fucking years. How long? Yeah. <laughs> um, but on the other side, it, I also disagree with it because there are things like making your bed and cleaning your room that are clearly not as big a deal as getting a job and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the same time, the success, the, the feeling you get from doing it is exactly the same. Like, I, I felt the same when I got my summer internship as I did when I fucking vacuumed for the first time in a month. Exactly. You know, like, it really, the feeling, it's there for a minute and then it kind of, like, dissipates. You know, that's just how emotions work. Exactly. So, in that sense, I completely understand the importance of valuing everything. You know, you need to understand that the little things are just as important to me uh, maybe not in the grand scheme of my life, but right now it's just as important to me as the big things. 100%. And it's like I said, it's about tricking your brain, you know? This idea of, so like for me, I like to trick my brain with everything. And I'll give you an example. Doing homework. I hate coming to the library to do homework. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as soon as I hear the word library, I automatically get, not depressed, but like down. You want to know why? Because that means I'm going to the library to do homework. So I'll give you the example. Let's say you call me and I'm at the library. You're like, oh, AD, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, I'm at the library. The first two things that are going to come to your head is that he's either studying or he's doing homework. Right. I could do a whole bunch of things at the library. You see where we're at right now and what we're doing. We're in the fucking library. Exactly, <laughs> you know? But it's, that's not the first two things or the first thing you're, you're going to think of. But let's say, for example, you call me and I'm like, yo, I'm at the lounge, I'm in my room, or I'm in, like, I don't know, some random place, a cafe or something like that. That wouldn't be the first thing that comes to your mind, at least the first or second thing. You'll be like, oh, are you eating? Are you just chilling, watching movies like that? So that's how I trick my brain. When I come here, I automatically like, okay, now it's time to do homework. And it's like, I don't really want to do that homework. But when I'm in somewhere I feel comfortable, somewhere where it's like my brain is not like, oh, he's gonna do homework, and I just start doing homework, I, I, I instantly, you know? Same thing with the gym. It's like when I focus on a PR and I'm like, okay, I wanna go and I wanna hit a PR today. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna hit a PR, I'm gonna hit a PR. I don't end up hitting that PR because I'm focusing so much on it. But when I go in there and I don't really care, I don't, I don't care if I'm going to hit it, I don't care what I'm moving, I end up moving some crazy weight, you know? That's so, interesting. Yeah, that's how, yeah. I, that's how I work. It's all about tricking my brain. I don't, I don't worry about things too, too in-depth, and I don't try to put too much focus on it. Don't get me wrong. I know it's there. We have to know it's there. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I want to hit a PR. It's, it's almost like it's sneaking up on me. Right. If you look at, like, the front is what's, what, you, what you're looking at right now, and the back is what's, like, in the past or whatever. 
in the back is like this little guy creeping like, yeah, you want to hit a PR? You want to hit a PR? But he's whispering. You can't really hear him. In the front, I'm just trying to block everything out and I don't really care. Is but it almost that the pressure gets to you? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, man. Okay. I'm horrible under pressure. When it comes under pressure, it's like, I don't know. I just I just start feeling because the pressure, pressure for me is, is, is like all these things that, that depend on me, all these people that look up to me. So like, for example, like I hate t- tests, I hate midterms, hate quizzes, also like that, because there's so much pressure. A lot of times it's either 20% um, or higher for your grade, you know? So if you mess up on it, you're like, man, now my grade's messed up, I'm not gonna get this grade, all stuff like that. So when I'm taking it, I can know everything, but then I'll just freeze, I'll mm-hmm. blank up, because I just, I, I get so scared, you know? But when I go in with the mindset that I'm either gonna do good or I'm gonna do bad, and w- whatever it is, I'm gonna be fine with it, then I'm good. Right. I have to go with that mindset where it's like, I don't really care. I do care, obviously, but I don't. Right. You know? No, I know what you mean. And back to the the test on test on points. Point on test. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from. Test taking has become such an important factor in school now, which is understandable. I mean, it's, it's necessary to an extent. It's yeah. important to know where I lie. At the same time, the way it's administered often ends up screwing a certain portion of kids while allowing another portion that maybe don't understand the topic as well to excel. Um, so that pressure that's created, I think it's done deliberately, honestly. Like, it, this is worth 25% of your grade. Don't fuck it up. Like, it's clearly deliberate. <laughs> They're trying to fuck with the students um, because at the end of the day, that's the only way they have to get that, that information out of the students. Like, in accounting, for example, um, it's a hard fucking class, but it's all like, uh, no, no, hey, don't give me that look. It's a hard class. The reason being, it's so applicable to the real world. And a lot of kids sure. aren't ready for that. A lot of kids throughout all of high school, for example, I couldn't give you one example of anything I did applying to the real world, like in class specifically, and then teaching it like that. For example, in economics, my economics teacher in high school specifically told us to stop thinking about things in the context of the real world. Strictly think about it as an idea. Um, Because I would keep bringing shit up. Like, why the fuck does it make sense that this doesn't go into the GDP? Stuff like that. Like, stupid little things like that. Nitpicking. Um, But they'd specifically say, keep it in the classroom. Now that we're kind of in college, they try to completely change that. Like, all we do in law and accounting and portico is talk about how things apply to the real world. Give real-world examples. Talk about this course case, this court case that's happening right now. Like, for example, we've been talking about the, Al- the Murdoch murders mm-hmm. for the last two weeks now in law. Yeah. Like, in high school, I don't think we ever talked about what the Supreme Court actually did, you know? So now everything's completely changed now that we're here. And that's really messing with a lot of kids. No, Especially in our grade, as like just getting into it, it's hard to adjust. It's really tough to adjust. Now, why do you think they they did that in high school? The teachers, professors. Why do you think they like gave you this idea to hold, but you knew it wasn't the the best idea. You knew it was going to help you improve once you left high school. Why do you think they did that? Well, so I don't think that. I think it did help us improve. I'm not saying I don't think it was useless. Wait, correction. I'm not <laughs> saying I think it was useless. There it is. Um, I'm just saying that. I think that their main goal there was to just give us the concepts and give us the basics, the baseline. Okay. And with the goal of using it more and expanding upon it once we got to college. I also think there's a political aspect in there a little bit. It's hard to talk about the real world in high school. 
because everybody comes from different places. Of course. You know, um, so it is very difficult to talk. It's a, it's a touchy subject, essentially. Course, yeah. I'm now at, at college. Colleges couldn't really give less of a shit about politics. That's fair. Um, about what you feel about politics, correction. Um, like, for example, every single day, every single day, without fail in law class, she brings up Alex Jones. Have you heard about this guy? A little bit, a little bit. Um, he's the guy who started the conspiracy theory about Sandy Hook being a fault yeah. hoax. Every single day, without fail, she brings that up. That is a very political issue. <laughs> but without fail, it's mentioned in class, which I really like. Even if I disagree with something that's being said, which in this case, obviously, I fucking don't. Who the yeah. fuck does that? Yeah. But, um, but even if I disagree with it, I appreciate the fact that this is what's happening in the real world. I guess we're going to have to face the music at some point. Might as well be now. No, 100%. The reason I ask you that is it's funny to relate it to my class. Um, taking applications of learning theory. Have you ever took that? In order no, to I haven't. That? So basically, it's like almost like an introductory class for freshmen and sophomores. And mm -hmm. it like teaches you these different applications you could use on like your other classes. It's not one of these classes. For example, I take it with uh, Professor uh, Bell. His name's Carl Bell. Cool dude. And he basically like exaggerates the fact that it's like, listen, this class isn't going to be as hard as your other classes. You know, you don't have to really stress the work in this class, but it's the work in this class that's going to help you excel in these harder classes, you know? So, for example, we're learning about, we were reading this uh, book by Polo uh, Frere. You ever heard of him? Mm -hmm. And basically, he uh, he did research and he has this, uh, like, idea of banking education. And he's basically, he is a Brazilian philosopher and he is a uh, he is fighting oppression on education, basically stating that banking education means that the students are the depositories and the teachers are the depositors, meaning that you're like the bank and the teachers are giving you this information and they're only giving you certain information so that you could just retain back to them but not really learn anything from it. So, like for example, if I teach you what the word, um, I don't know. Bible means. I'm going to teach you what Bible means. I'm going to tell you what it means. And then when I give you a test, you're going to write exactly what it means, but there's nothing really moving from it. So it's almost similar to what you said in high school. They're teaching you these, these basic things, these ideas, but nothing that's really going to almost help you in this real world. Nothing that's going to make you want to excel or learn more like what you're learning in college. So he was critiquing the fact that it's almost like they're, 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 they're different from you. They make, it, they make it known that they have more authority. So whatever they're teaching, whatever they're telling you, it's so golden that you're going to take it in like a bank. You're going to hold it. And if they tell you to release it, you release it. And if they want to give you more, you take in more. But you're not really going anywhere with this information. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. And that's what he has. That's called the banking education. You can look it up. And it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's crazy. That kind of goes along with the whole mindset of high school teaches you how to learn and college teaches you how to think, mm -hmm. you know? Um, that's definitely true, high school teachers. As much as I really loved my high school teachers, and I really did like most of them, um, I don't think I learned, yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, <laughs> I don't think I learned anywhere near as much applicable knowledge as I have in the first six months of college as I did in high school. Because all that was in high school was two plus two equals four type thing instead of why does two plus two equals four? Mm -hmm. Obviously, no one asked why the fuck two plus two equals four, but exactly. you get where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, you know, as opposed to just regurgitating information, now we're supposed to understand the information, see where they're going with it, see how it's applicable. Most importantly, how it's applicable, how it moves the world forward. 100%. You know, you know high school is something like you, like, 
have to do. College, you don't have to do. You right. know, so when people come into college, it's only you're paying for college. You know, a lot of time, unless you're going to some prestigious high school or an academy, you're not really paying for high school. You're just going there, um, and then after high school, you have an opportunity to go to college. Not a lot of people go to college. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to college, hence like BC or something like that, then you want something out of it. You're going to learn something from it. They're going to teach you something from it. You're not going to just get these basic ideas. And if you do, you can go to one of the other thousand other classes they have, you know? No, 100%. And, um, I mean, on that note, uh, because you are paying for college, I think that's why they're able to be so much more political, so much more open. And, like I said, apply things more to the real world. Um, Like you said, in high school, they're just kind of giving you the baseline. Uh, Once we get to college we're supposed to actually think. Exactly. You know, we're supposed to be contributing members to society. Um, and I understand it, but at the same time, I really wish they would put more stock into the importance of thinking in high school. You know, there, just, w- there just aren't many situations that I can think of off the top of my head in classes where I had to actually think about something. It was mostly remembering or regurgitating, like stuff like that, you know? They didn't put they didn't put much stock in thinking. That's fair. <laughs> it's just, do you think that's because well obviously, you know, we're still freshmen and all that, but mm-hmm. do you think that's because of some of the classes you took, like the classes you're taking, or is it because of like I don't know, like maybe the topics. You're not challenging their their narrative necessarily. Hmm. That's a good point. Um you mean in high school? No, not here. Oh, like what do you mean? Like we you were talking about we talking about high school or here? For oh, for regurgitating yeah. high school, high school. Oh, okay, okay, school. okay, okay. No, yeah, I think college has done a great job. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, then high school. Yeah, we already we already did that. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that that shit's done. All right. Yeah, that's that <laughs> hear, hear me, <laughs> hear me now. That exactly. shit's done. <laughs> yeah, we're good now. We we found our place now. We're we're happy now. No, honestly, I know what you mean. But no, like I was saying, I think I think it's great that um, and much more open uh, in college. Students are much more open about their opinions and about where they stand on certain issues than they were in high school. Remember high school, everything seemed touchy. Yeah. Everything seemed touchy. I mean, I actually, so I started this podcast at my high school. Mm -hmm. We filmed at my high school probably the first 20 episodes. And it was very much like, here's a list of things you can't say. Like, here's a list of topics you can't talk about. And I get it. They they have uh, something they've got to uphold, Mm -hmm. and that's how it is, whatever. Like, I couldn't talk about... Uh, COVID vaccinations, as an example, um, which I totally understand. It's like whatever. It was a big thing in my high school. There were there were certain people that refused yeah. to get vaccinated, and it was still a very recent issue. Yeah. But at the same time, um, when I walked in this building and saw that there was a podcast room, I was asking about what we can do. And she's like, just just register for the room, please. <laughs> and I was like, that's it? There's no rules? No, just like, just don't fuck up your life. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Um, That's amazing. Which I really appreciate. You know, it's it's allowed for a lot more fluid conversations, exactly. um, which is something that, you know, the first 20 episodes were good, but they weren't as fluid. I was kind of walking on eggshells some of the time. Exactly. Um, so I really do like the ability to just like, you know, talk. You know, it's a new it's a new thing. It's Not a new yet. thing for me. I like it. <laughs> Not I like yet. It's, it's, it's amazing when you get to just like speak your mind and have other people speak their mind because it's all about like how we were talking about before audience you know you're still trying to find your audience you're still trying to figure out who your audience is right. so in this interim of you finding your audience you don't necessarily know what people want to hear from you you don't necessarily know what people are scared to talk about so like for example 
let's say someone stands on something very strongly, but not a lot of their friends do or not a lot of their friends understand it. Mm -hmm. But then you start talking about it and you shine light to this like like bit of darkness that they were scared to come out of, then they're automatically like uh, your audience. They're automatically supporting you now. So with this whole idea of like you don't have to you having no rules and you get to speak about these different things you're going to enlighten so many different people that were scared to talk about it because of your platform because how big this is it's it's going to be worldwide it's going to people are going to be able to see it. it's not hidden no more you know right. so that's that's the beauty of it yeah i also just like being able to give people alternative views um my favorite thing is finding videos online i disagree with I love I love listening to other people's opinions on things. Of course. And because at the end of the day, the the goal of of listening to media and news is to add to your wealth of knowledge. The goal is to change your opinion based on like I said, facts, not like columnists and yeah. shit like that. Um facts that are really appealing. They're really um what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? Like that are really convincing. There you go. Um and it is dangerous at times, and I've talked about this in a lot of past uh, conversations, but it is dangerous at times when you're reading the news because now more than ever, news stations, they're just trying to get clicks, right? So they're willing to say whatever it takes to get people to listen in. So that's why you do it to be careful. Yeah. So, for example, uh, I talked a couple episodes ago, I think with Jackson, about columnists uh, and news stations. Essentially now, rather than giving just facts news stations will do everything they can to push a narrative. Mm. Um, that's present in every news station on the planet at this point, uh, to the point that even things that are meant to be strictly facts end up having a bias in some yeah. way or the other. So that's why I really like watching a wide variety of videos and reading my news in a bunch of different places. And like I said earlier, why I love this AI so much, yeah. because it'll give you the ability, maybe not a strict like, fact-based answer, but it'll give you the, a better ability to get a sense of what's actually going on yeah um so yeah that's why that's why i'm what are you doing <laughs> i'm sorry what are you doing looking, i'm just looking around <laughs> who funds new stations <laughs> yeah, don't mind me man you guys keep okay talking. all right, all right. Chilling. nah i um i feel like that goes into like just like <clears throat> this idea of like culture you know it's like the world is, is run by money you know and if people like let's say for example not use it. Let me use you as an example. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be true. Mm -hmm. So let's say you start like this. You know, you're getting different people on here. It's raw, like you say. You know, it's straight raw. Everything you're saying is is yeah, how we're you raw. feel. Exactly. We're raw here. <laughs> raw dog. Ever. That's it. That's it. You know, <laughs> and and but then like you start getting some publicity. You start like making some money off of this and all that stuff like that. But then you start noticing that you had maybe dropped one video where it was like you kind of like was pushing this narrative and it wasn't facts anymore or it wasn't as raw. It was a little bit different than you normally do, but that video blew up. I'm talking about, yo, a whole bunch of views. Not as much as your regular stuff. So then you start shifting towards this this narrative, this right. idea of what we're just talking about, how like these new news things are because of the money, because of the views. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing now. And a lot of like things are shifting towards is this money, this whatever is going to like, we could look about rappers, for instance. I love music. You know, I feel like music is is speaks like like miles, volumes. On, yeah, yeah, volumes on culture and how you express yourself. You know, and it's like you could definitely see from the beginning of someone's stage in their mu in their in their in their music uh, versus like now. So like we could look at. We could look at Drake, for instance. Drake, when he was first coming up, I'm talking about everything was raw. You know, we were getting some something different. We we're like, yo, this is Drake. Now that he starts elevating, you know, it's like more like 
you could say censored if you want. It's not as raw as he was because he has the money. He has everything. You know, he's not talking about, yeah, I'm coming from my mom's basement rapping. I'm, I'm coming from all this other stuff. No, because now you're in a mansion. Now you're doing all this stuff. Drake is still the GOAT. Drake is still, like, very good. Mm. But it's just this idea of evolution through time, you know, how it changes people, how people talk about, oh, when they get rich, they, they, they turn their back on their hood or they turn their back on where they came from, you know? So how do you stay raw but you follow this generation? You know, like how do you how do you go in in, in in this evolution of time, but you don't necessarily change like the skin that you shed? Right. I mean, like you said, money's the main motivator. And I mean, applying this to Drake, um, he so I don't know much about his like begin. I mean, I've read his wiki and all that shit, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't listened to his music for that long, just a couple of years now. Uh, but what I'm assuming it was is this is the case with a lot of rappers is people love them for how raw and how honest their their lyrics were mm -hmm. and how strict their melodies were how like the the combination essentially. But as like you said, as they begun to get popularity, Drake's got a net worth of two hundred million dollars now or something it's ridiculous crazy. like that. Now he wants the same thing that blew him up in the beginning is the thing he gets criticized for the most. Yeah, all that stuff about um, uh, I mean I don't know anything specifically regarding drake but <laughs> but um all the stuff that initially had made him so popular is the same stuff that people will be harking on him for now and that's the same with most industries uh, i'm sure bill gates has something to do with this joe right huh oh yeah we're just <laughs> just pulling up some stoicism i'm turning the, I'm turning the tv off uh, <laughs> <laughs> you familiar with stoicism Dave? i am familiar yeah. with stoicism that's sort of like that you know you got to be humble keep learning you know yeah. And a lot no, of those, actually, a lot of those millionaires, you know, they like Bill Gates. Yeah. You know, a lot of stoic principles is like there are people that know more than you. So don't if you're going to keep chasing that, you got to realize you have other people to help you. You know, well, that's the importance of learning and growing. Um, but at the same time, when you learn and grow, you can't lose what made you who you are. This is a problem with um, I mean, a good example is actors. Um there are great examples. Austin Butler. Have you heard about the Elvis movie? No. Okay. So no, it's like so fucking random. But um, a movie just came out. It was an Elvis biopic, and it was literally just it was Austin Butler is the main character in this, and his thing is that he talked and acted like Elvis for so long, so effectively that he can't get his original voice back. He sounds like Elvis now. Like, that's his voice. Really? And the whole thing is, <laughs> as you're going throughout this, and that's like a metaphor in this case, yeah, as yeah, you're yeah, going 100%. throughout this process, you have to learn, you have to grow, you have to continue moving forward, but you can't lose what, <laughs> what was exactly. initially there. Exactly. Uh, same shit goes for Drake. Like like I said multiple times already, same yeah. shit that blew him up is the shit that's getting him knocked down now. Um, and that's the same thing for every industry. Right? You need to stay true to who you are. And that's hard to do, especially when money comes into play. Like you said, that's why um, so many news stations are leaning one way or the other now. They've got these big donors, these billionaires that Joe, for some reason, was talking about earlier, <laughs> um, that are paying, not necessarily directly paying them, but paying for advertising or for upchar upkeep fees, all this, whatever it is. Yeah. And you don't want to upset the guys with money, so you're going to say one thing or the other. Exactly. And that's also by for news specifically by saying specific things that's where the money comes in if you can drive a narrative so effectively and for so long like fox have done for the right and cnn's done for the left and whatever uh then eventually it'll pay literally pay off it'll literally pay off you lose that sense of 
in this case, news. Yeah. But it pays off. Yeah. So that's why it's so tough. Money does drive everything. Yeah. I'm happy you brought that up. No, it's, 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 it's crazy, you know. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, a lot of people get into these things because of money, you know. Like, obviously, you're just starting off, but there's, 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 there's volumes to this. You know, it could, it could blow up. It could, it could fail. You don't know what's going to happen. But if you look at it at its highest point, you could do a lot with it, you know. So once you start making that money, then you're like, yo, I'm actually making money from this. Do I want to keep it the same as when I was in B.C. at the library doing it like this? Or do I want to elevate and do it this way so i can keep making this money because then someone's gonna ask you, you're gonna have your people that's like yo just get your money don't really care about what the community or the people think about it or you have these other people it's like no we're speaking for the community we want that rawness we want you to speak for us it's like if someone i'm not into politics because it's messy but i'm, I'm mm-hmm. watching this show and one of these dudes he's running i think it's for like senator or something like that and basically He's a person of color. It's a black dude, and he's he's uh coming from Crenshaw, and he's not really like connecting with his uh community. You know, mm-hmm. they feel as California. Huh? Yeah, yeah. They feel like as if he's just like trying to support um um the police and like the government and all that stuff like that. And they're over here talking about like my children are getting arrested for this. We need to defund the police for this. All this other stuff. So his son basically goes into the community and is trying to get these people to come to his fundraiser, and um it's like an at, at a skating rink. So then when they finally come to the skating rink and all that stuff like that, they have a chance to ask him questions. But they're going to ask him questions like, okay, what are you going to do about the police? What are you going to do about this? We want to. It's almost like they they want him to go against the people that are supporting him the most, which is the government, which is the police and all these politicians. So when they had asked him these questions, that's when you started realizing the reason he's not doing as well is because he's not supporting his people. He's not supporting the things that these big industries are trying to cover up, you know? So when they asked him, he was like, you know what, you're right. We are going to defund the police. We are going to stop these things that the government is doing. And then at the end of that, then the, 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 um, one of the chiefs of the police and one of the people from um, the government, they were talking to him and they were like, yo, you, you can't be doing that. You can't be saying that, you know? Like, I understand you're trying to, like, be cool with the community and all that, but you're messing us up. So that's when you have to ask your question. Do you want to mess your pockets up or do you want to mess how your community looks at you? Do you care about being raw and being honest and being you or do you care about the money? And it's like it changes who you are because you have to remember where you came from. You were a part of that community at one point. Right. Part of that is also realizing that the most important thing to do, and it sounds selfish at first, but the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. The most important thing you can do is speak for yourself. Speak for what you believe in. Speak for, in your experience, what has been the most important. Because then, if isn't, for example, in this example, if his community is that important to him, then he'll be saying exactly what they want to hear. Exactly. There will be no second thought about this is what I think this is what my my community is going to want to hear versus I think this is what my government is going to want to hear. If you say what you believe, then it will all fall into place. That's it. And like you said, the money, the what's in your pocket is the the main driver there for making people think otherwise, for making people lie about their life and um, make changes to what their opinions are. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if you can stay true to yourself what you actually believe, then that won't be a problem. If this guy had just said what he believes, and if his community is actually that important to him, then he would have, then he wouldn't be in this situation right now. No, you know, it is It is actually as simple as that. It sounds tacky, but it is actually as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and the mindset is, uh, if you want to come back, if you want to go to podcasts and shit like that, like news and media and shit like that, if you say what you believe, then the money will come and find you. The people will come and find you. That's like, it. you don't have to go searching for it. I Strictly on this, I just say what I believe. 
Like, I, I don't bother going to other territories. And there's a reason I always say, whenever I'm talking about media on this, I always yeah. say Fox and CNN, just because I don't listen to either of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying what's true. That's it. Fox is right wing. CNN's left wing. I do my thing. I use fucking chat GPT. <laughs> exactly. Like, if I, I stay true to myself, because I know that eventually, if people like what I have to say and what I believe, then they'll come and find me. They're going to relate to you. Like, I'm happy to just keep doing this for two people every week. Exactly. Like, that's perfectly fine with me. I Like I said earlier, it's my euphoria. You know, I'm not looking for anything big out of it. Yeah. I know going to a good college, if I really am in it for money, then eventually I'll, I'm sure I'll get a good job that'll make it work for me. Like, I'm not worried about money. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And if it's... Uh, you know, part of the bigger plan for it to do well, then so be it. But I'm not going to change my opinions and myself based on that. Okay. And the same should apply for, you know, my opinion, everybody. Like, exactly. there's no point. There's no point. Exactly. And I feel like it connects to what we were talking about earlier. This ha fact is, like, some people might say if you play your game or something, like that's wasting time. Some people might say, like, doing this for once a week or whatever you do is, like, no, this is a waste of time. You're not getting anything out of it. But you said you like doing it. It's fun for you, you mm -hmm. know? So it's all, it, this connects to this idea of morals. If you could look at yourself in the mirror and you could be happy, you could smile, then you're fine, you know? It's like this idea of, like, people look at, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into religion and all that, but, like, sin and, like, right and wrong. What is right and what is wrong? Yeah, People I'm, think, like, there's a broad idea. It's like, okay, if I um, if I kill somebody, let's just say random, if I kill somebody. Are you hinting uh, at something right now? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, so it's like this idea of like if you if you if you kill somebody, then then you're a bad person, you're wrong. Right. But what if you had a, what if you killed that person because they broke into your house, they were trying to harm your family? Then it goes into this idea, well, like um, but no, killing somebody is wrong, right? It's your morals. So whatever your morals are, and you stand by those morals, you're true to yourself. So let's say for example, I don't agree with what you're saying or what you're doing, but that's your moral. I cannot be mad at you. I cannot call you a bad person. I can have my opinion on you 100%, but that doesn't mean you're a bad person. I can only label you as a bad person necessarily if I really wanted to, if you broke your morals. Because then I'm like, that's when people talk about, oh, you're fake or this, that, and third. You broke your morals. So people get it mixed up. They try to put it in this generalized thing where it's like everybody has the same morals and everybody should follow these same rules. Mm -hmm. No, if you follow these same rules, then you're just another rat in this in this race. You know, you're on a treadmill just going and going and going, not knowing when it ends. You have to control the treadmill. Those buttons of the treadmill are your morals, and you could press different ones at different times when you feel as if your morals are being attacked or your morals are being risen, right. you know? And that's how I follow it. So like you said, this is good for you. That's a moral for you. Podcasts are moral for you. You're fine with that. Nobody could touch that. Anybody that says anything on it, that's them. You're following your morals. But once you start breaking it, then you're like, yeah, I'm bad now. Right. And part of that is also like, like you said, you don't have to like me for what I think. Honestly, it, and this is a political thing all the time, people don't like other people for liking a different political ideology. Same goes for, say I really like podcasts, and you fucking hate podcasts. You can hate me for liking podcasts, but at the same time, you have to respect That's that it. it's just what I believe. Exactly. And it's what I do. Exactly. Um, so respect is totally different from likability and shit like that yeah. in, in my head. 100%. Yeah. You know, but then it also goes in, like, to bias. Excuse me. A lot of people judge certain people, and a lot of people go certain ways upon bias, biases that they were taught and that they were grown up on, you know? And it's like, 
you have to be open-minded and you have to be able to challenge those biases. You know, you're put in these groups and if that's from your parents or if that's from this superior authority that you believe is very powerful, you have to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to challenge this idea and say that's wrong. And then once you challenge it and you go out of that bubble, you're like, wow, there's a whole different world out here. But you'll judge certain people, you'll do certain things and you'll sometimes you'll base your own morals based upon what you were brought up on. You know, mm-hmm. we're still young. We're still oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, we have to be able to conduct our own things but you have to challenge the narrative if you don't challenge the narrative then you won't be able to discover new opportunities right i mean 100 i can promise you the vast majority of students here what they believe is strictly from their parents exactly and i understand that i get that i mean you just you've lived with your parents for 18 years now this is your first real opportunity to explore the world Mm -hmm. without any direct outside biases Mm -hmm. and uh, but at the same time, it's it's pretty obvious when s- what somebody believes is coming straight out of their parents' mouths. Hundred percent. Generally, yeah. because there's just a lack of research there. Exactly. Like people people don't really like read into things too much. It's very easy for for well, it's easy for everybody, but especially kids to just be like, yeah, mom said that. I think the same thing. Exactly. You know, it saves you a lot of effort. Yeah, <laughs> that, that much is true. Exactly, and it's like going back to, like I said, that class again, uh, the application of learning theory. We were also reading a, um, a passage on perfectionists, you know, and how you become a perfectionist. And a lot of it was going back to, like, your parenting. You know, your parents are so hard on you. They push you so hard. Do this at school. Get these good grades so you can go to this school. But people don't talk about what perfectionists have to deal with, you know, anxiety, depression. So it was in the reading, it was talking about how uh, this person uh, interviewed um law students at one of these universities and she said that over 80 percent of the students that went to that law um, that uh, university for law they had dropped out because they got all the way to this high point where they were almost like done necessarily but they couldn't take it anymore you know they didn't know how to talk to people they were going through so much depression so mm-hmm. it's like you try to be so perfect because of these insecurities you have you don't want to challenge the narrative of your parents that because they, 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 they're, they're such of high authority to you you feel as if you're just belittled and like that's another thing i try to tell people it's like listen if something is causing you stress, if something is making you sad, depressed, whatever the case is, I don't care who it is, mm. cut them off. Cut them off. Don't talk to them. Do your own thing. Because at the end of the day, you're your own person. We look at each, we look at ourselves as we're still students. We're still kids. No, after you reach 18, you're an adult. You know, you're you're growing up. You're you're in college. You're doing your own thing. When do you have to hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm an adult now? When you have a kid? When you when you get shot? When you go to jail? Like, no. Leave it up to the the average person, and they'll never reach that point. Exactly. Leave it up to me, and I'd never reach that point. You know? I'm happy to live as a child for my life. I'm yeah. sure, but more and more so, I'm realizing like. Yeah, we're like 20, dude. Exactly. <laughs> like once you get to it's that time. point where you start controlling your life, man, everything changes. Like people will go through years and, 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 and gaps in their life where they're so sad because they keep dealing with people. And that's where toxic relationships come from, right. where they deal with people that they don't like because they don't know how to approach it or they don't know how to handle it. It's easy. Literally just don't, don't, don't mess with them anymore. But it's not easy to, to do it. You know, that's the hard part, to be able to take that gap and that separation where it's like, man... Like I've dealt with people, and I and I and I try to, I my I say my favorite thing is cutting people off, but <laughs> it's it, 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 it's easy to cut them off. It's hard to to almost forget about them in the vibes, you know, because yep. it sucks. Because it's like let's say for example, I get mad at you, I stop talking to Dean, but it's like damn. I really miss those podcasts, man. I really miss those moments where we're in here just grinding, you know, editing these videos or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. I miss those moments so much where it's like you know what. I'm not going to cut you off just because of this podcast, because of this. And that's what people would do in relationships. They're like, yo, I love this person's family so much. I'm not going to break up with them, even though I hate them because of their family, you right. know? So it's like being able to just be like, you know what? 
I have to move on and you have to love yourself the most. If you don't love yourself the most, then you're not able to love anybody else because once they leave you or once something happens, you feel heartbroken. Right. And it also does take having people in your life that you shouldn't to really appreciate the people that you should have. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, at the same time, I see where you're coming from 100%. At the same time, I do think people change. Um, there are obvious exceptions to that. Like sometimes the best version of somebody is just not someone that you're compatible with. And yeah. so be it. Like they, maybe they just shouldn't be a part of your life. At the same time though, there are people that, you know, you have really good memories with to the point that it's worth keeping them around in my mind, at least at the same time, I do see where you're coming from. If someone's detrimental to your life, then they have no reason to be there. You yeah. know? Nah, I know, man. It's like that. Speaking on, it's just hard for me. You know, I just feel as if, like, I keep my circle, like, very tight. You know, I don't really, like, I have this idea of, like, zero from 100. So people you give, like, daps to, people you say hi to, you don't give them no more than 10% of yourself. Mm. And then people that you consider friends, like, 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 let's say, for example, people, well, maybe not your VIP, because you're probably closer with, the, like, more closer with them. But, like, maybe, like, just like your average friends you might see in class daily, whatever the case is, you don't give them. Don't do that. No, no, no. We'll get, we'll get, no, no, just listen, just listen, just listen. Those average friends that they're not just like the regular dap ups, maybe like a couple conversations or whatever, you don't give them more than 25 to 30%, you know? But then once you get to that group of like your, 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 like your friends, your circle, like, okay, maybe like I'm talking to them four times a week, or they're taking like time out of your time, or they're taking money, like, you know, you're, you're, you're endorsing something into them. That's a little bit more than 50. So 50 to 60. Yeah. Now, anything higher than 60 should consider family. And I'm talking about best friends and all that. So for me, I say this line right here. I don't trust anybody. But when I say that, people are like, you don't trust anybody, then how do you how do you go about things? What I mean by that is I have a girlfriend, you know, we're, we're, uh, this year will be four years. I love her to death, you know. Uh, my grandmother's my main provider. I have a whole bunch of people in my life I really care about. But there's only probably like three people in my life that I consider I trust the most. And what I mean by that is 99%. Right. They can only get up to 99%. So that's where my girlfriend's at, that's where my grandmother's at. But nobody could ever be 100%. You want to know why nobody could ever be 100%? Because at the end of the day, you're still a human being. You're still a human being. You can still make your own decisions. So I can't say I trust you 100% because personally me, I can't trust another human being 100% because at the end of the day, you can still make your own decision. No matter how much I convince you, no matter how much we've been through, there still could be something that happens. You know, even if you're the loyalist, even if this happens, this, 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 you're still another human being. So it's like knowing who and what and how much percentage to give your time to people and how much trust. So getting back to this whole thing we're talking about, it's like once you break that trust and once you do something like that hurts me, not maybe maybe not the craziest, but I consider it crazy. Right. How do I just, you know, take you back and be like, you know what, it, it, it's cool, man. But then what if they do it again? How am I going to look? Right. No, I know what you mean. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't trust somebody more than you trust yourself. Exactly. Even if you don't trust yourself at all. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't really think about it like that. No, like, now that you say it, I realize that I probably do, but subconsciously. I yeah. don't really think about it as I trust Joe with exactly 3% of me because I fucking hate oh, Joe, thanks, you know? Yeah, no, no anytime, you know, Joe, if you need anything, you're just, like just say the word, Joe. I'm running it up. You know how it is. Um, but at the same time, that's constantly changing for me. You know, I spend... I don't really, like, say... I'm going to use Joe as an example here. I don't really say I'm going to spend five days a week with Joe. Yeah. You know, I'm going to talk to Joe exactly this much. It just kind of happens, you know? Oh, is the thing stopping to work again? 
Just this charge battery pack. Uh, well, we do it to wrap up in like five minutes anyway, yeah, so it'll be okay. Fair. Uh, it's like 35. Okay. We're all in the, going to the same place, by the way. Joe's in our class. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you man. know, that that's the thing about me, bro. I'd like, And like I said, my vision's terrible, bro. So at night, <laughs> oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> Especially if you have me. a hoodie on, yo. I'll be walking past and I'll look at you, I'll look at him and be like, yeah, I know that person, I know that person. But if you don't give the nod or the wave or something like that, I'll walk right past yep. you. You'll be looking at me, I'll be looking at you. We'll get, let's say for example, you're walking this way, I'm walking this way. We'll get right here, looking at each other like this. And if the, if I don't just recognize any small detail, I won't do anything. I'll just keep walking by. And be like, yeah, you just gave me the BC stare. Like, no, I didn't, I didn't do that purposely. I just can't see, man. I really can't see. BC look away goes really hard right about now. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'll be doing the exact same thing, except... I just like don't see people and they think because I'm just like out of it half the yeah. time. <laughs> so I just feel like walking through the someone will like look at me and like wave at me. They're like, you just did a BC look away to me. And I'll be like, I didn't I had no idea you were there. Yeah. All of a like, sudden people you walk world. by go from like one of your 30% to your random dap ups. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, people are gonna watch, it's gonna be like, wait, where do I go on his scale now? <laughs> <laughs> where am I? Exactly. Where am I? <laughs> no, like I don't think about it actively. But That's when fair. you put it like that, I get it. I 100% get it. There are people in my life that are at that 99 percentile. Um, and then at the same time, there's a vast majority of people that I just kind of clump together. Yeah. You know, like I don't really think about it as percentage. Joe, you're a little bit higher than that. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> I know you were worried. Dude, <laughs> you're maybe percent for me. Okay. <laughs> like no, I'm kidding. You're 97. I trust everyone. Yay. Yeah, I know. It's bad. That's why, it's bad. That's why I get my heart broken by you every day, man. <laughs> Honey, I thought you should. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> no, but I see where you're coming from. No, I, I yeah. do get it. I get it. Like, when you think about it, it makes yeah. sense. It I makes feel like sense. it's like what we talked about before, um, just to keep it short. Like, mm-hmm. remember in class when we was like, uh, you like to just, like, go with the flow and how things are, and I'm more of, like, I like to have these things, like, planned out and all that, you know? So, yeah, yep. just, like, just like that idea. I like to have, like, this, I don't know. It's like tricking your brain almost, but sometimes you need it literal just to be, be make sure you're on this track. I mean, it's not even tricking your brain to me. I think it's more just... Like like we were saying earlier, like thinking about it, thinking about it, you realize, you know, maybe I do group people in this way. Um, I know I definitely do. Uh, people always make fun of me because I say I have a lot of best friends. Like I say, Joe, you mock me with this shit. Uh, I say I have like 15 best friends. Like these people, they're all really important to me. Yeah. To the point because I don't consider best friend as like you're number one and closest, yeah. like, this is your person. I consider it as a person that I know enough about, that I spend enough time with, that I've gotten to know to a certain point, that they're just someone that I think my life would be dramatically different or even worse without. That's fair. You know? That's fair. So that's kind of why, and I have a lot of trust in people. You know, like, I can I, I can trust people pretty easily in my mind, which is maybe a bad thing. But at the same time, uh, it's not that hard for me to just be like, uh, I can put my faith in this person. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's pretty easy to accept people into my life and be like, you're you're going to be really important, you know? But at the same time, I do have those people where it's just kind of like, I can't devote much time to you. There's too much going on. Yeah. You know? No, I feel that, you know? And I'm, 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 a, I'm a talkative person. I talk to everyone, you know, because I love, I love different mindsets. I love mm-hmm. all that. But like how you said, like I'm, I'm, I'm like the opposite. I don't really take a lot of people in. You know, I have a very, very, very small circle, you know? And it's just like... I don't know. I don't trust people easily. And it's like, I almost have like this checklist for you. So if I'm going to take you in as like a boy or a female friend, whatever the case is, I already have my checklist. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be like, it's almost like an application at, at this. It's like, okay, I'm thinking of like taking them in. I, I like them, but I have to see about them now. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to watch you. And then you're going to tell me exactly what I need to know. And I, what I mean by that is you're just going to act the regular way you act. 
and I'm going to see if you check off my boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, how you act, how you speak. And based upon these things, it's almost like you're snitching on yourself because you're going to tell me everything I need to know, you know? And if I like it, if I'm fine with it, we're cool. But if I don't, you know, but I do this so I could see everything. So I'm not going in blinded and then I find it out in a situation that we're in and then it's like, oh my God, I messed myself up because I didn't decide to sit back and watch first. Right. I get that. That's a really interesting mindset. Yeah. We're out of fucking time, bro. Hey, man, it was cool. I'm really happy you came in here because we have really good conversations. No, of course, all the time, man. Off air. Exactly. So I figured it'd be, like, top tier. 100%, man. I we got to go to it. class. <laughs> We're late. <laughs> really? All right. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, put the camera on AD one more time. You got an Instagram you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Um, my Instagram. <laughs> wait, I actually got it. <laughs> it's bad. I, we I, do this because normally we'll have someone on there who, like, talked about something super specific. And I'm like, yeah. if you want to learn more, listen to this shit. No, no, that's no, fair. Pull up your Instagram. Pull up your Instagram. Um, so my Instagram is ysn.ant underscore. So. Okay, dope. Thanks for coming in, bro. Of course. I appreciate you. See you, guys.